Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect Polly, and the glass fishbowl, uh, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I haven't had my coffee. Come on. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. We appreciate the avid listeners, I guess, committed to every Monday morning or at whatever convenient time works for your schedule. Letting Amanda and I impart our wisdom and expertise on everything from fake lashes to how other people should live their lives better. No, I I think we are very open-minded enough to say that, yes, we're very opinionated, but we realize that we don't have all the answers. We just like to talk about the answers that we do think are viable. It's like I always say this. It's like, I've been told this many times in my life. Amanda, you may not know everything, but you'll talk shit about all, at all of it. <laughs> like, yes, yes, I will. Well, I have to. I want to give a shout out real quick to our, our major sponsor, Rock Gym, uh, the OG of gyms. Often imitated, never duplicated. Um, thank you for getting me my uh, getting rid of my quarantine figure. I'm working hard on that. And thanks to Pixel Labs out of Cedar Falls for engineering our podcast and providing services to the Cedar Valley and beyond. If you are interested in changing up your business strategy and your digital prowess, contact Zach and his crew over at Pixel Labs and they can hook you up. So I want to talk about this. We brought the, You brought this up um, a couple podcast episodes ago and you were talking about the Jessica Simpson book. So a friend of mine sent me the audible version of it. So on my very long COVID uh, journey <laughs> road trip, um, I was listening to the book and oh my God. I told oh, you. I mean, it is unbelievable. It's like, jaw dropping. It is jaw dropping. fascinating because of all of her connections. I mean, she crossed paths with Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Ryan, was it Ryan Reynolds? Long before they ever became famous. I mean, they were just snot-nosed kids trying to make it on Disney, like her. And and yeah, and it was just, it resonated with our journey. Obviously, our journey is nothing like hers by any means. However, she was handed this box to fit in Mm -hmm. and told, you know, if you're going to be successful, you have to fit in this box, like same uh, you and I. But there was this what she's there's one line that she said and it has stuck with me and I think I pulled over and texted it to you, you immediately and I'm like oh my god and she said this my purpose is bigger than your judgment Amen. I mean and it was right it was like a church moment and I'm like everyone I was like yes girls say it mm-hmm. that is our life right there even to this day not being because we're still in the fishbowl very much so I mean I think even more so now Yes, in some respects. Yeah, and then our local news days. But it is, that is so true. It is so true. Like, so I look at it now. I, you know, I still, I don't really blog as much as I did, but I post things on, you know, social media and we've amassed a pretty good following on there. And I get people who say, you know, X, Y, Z and me. Do you think I care? Because Mm -hmm. I am living in my truth and I will refuse to apologize for living in my truth. And if that offends you, then I'm sorry, but be gone. You know, that's the sad re- yeah, that's the sad reality of the world that we're in today as we now call it. Uh, the cancel culture is a term that people like to toss out. You are in a position through not just your confidence and the sort of the 
wisdom and life experience that we've earned now that we're approaching, you know, the midlife point, definitely for me more than you. But we have to not just speak out when we feel that we can be a voice for others, but we have an obligation to not shut up if we have that audience or that platform or that viable way to say, hey, that's not okay. And we're not going to just hole up in a bunker basement and be scared because so many people want to cancel us. And that's the that's the the world that we're in today where now people that normally would speak up and really take a stand, I think they don't, they're just not prepared to face that scrutiny and that backlash that comes the minute you tweet or post something and then all these haters come out and the claws come out. And a lot of people aren't used to that and really can't take it. But unfortunately, you and I have lived that for so many years that it's not something that we necessarily invite, but you also don't shy away from it from it if you know that, like you described, you're speaking your truth. And so her quote was spot on. If you believe in your case, you have a passion for being a voice for children and for fighting for families. And for me, I, since I became a Christian at 28, have always felt that God continues to work in my life to give me a reach to talk about the power of Christianity and how it has made me and my family and everybody that I can share it with, you know, to have and live such a more enriched, purposeful life. We are not going to stand by and let your judgment keep us from fulfilling that God-led purpose in our lives. We're not going to do it. Right. No. Done. Like deuces. I mean, I just can't even, it's, I laugh, like things always get back to me. You know, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said this. When I, <laughs> when I say I don't care, like I truly don't care because this is the thing, like this is all I want in my life. I want realness. You know what I mean? I don't even eat fake cheese. So I want like <laughs> everything in my life besides my extensions that we've discussed it. I need, although if you're, even if you have hair extensions, if they're on your head, it's your hair. So <laughs> don't get it twisted. It's all real. But like, that's all I want. So I do not, I know my audience. I know who I'm around. If I have to worry about leaving a room and then I'm thinking if, if it's in my head, like, oh my, I wonder if they're talking about me. That's not my room. And that's not where I have to be. And that's not where I want to be. So I've already identified those people who I know they have done it because it all comes back. I just don't want it. No, I'm just done. So refreshing. And, you know, and you've definitely inspired me to make that shift in my life. And it has been, it just, it literally lifts like the weight off of your shoulders because you don't have to constantly engage with and expose yourself to friendships and alleged acquaintance slash friendships that only bring more negativity or sort of, you know, heighten the, the insecurities that we all have. I mean, and I, I said to this the other day to a friend, I said, it blows me away how much people can't just be happy for other people because they're making it about them. They're making it about them, everything, right? And so I think you and I have matured. We've matured, thankfully, to a place where not only is it not always about us, but when somebody is dealing with anything and everything on 
you know, the world of, of so, the social media pity party, it almost becomes embarrassing how much people want to take important, you know, national issues per se, and really make it so much about them that you realize that you don't really believe in or have the passion behind supporting that cause or mission. You just want the attention because right. you're part of what has become this self-serving everybody's a star culture that was, you know, started by reality television. And, and I think that's the distinction that I will make. And the distinction is when you see Amanda running her mouth on social media, (laughs) as some like to say, the difference is she actually has the follow through and builds the relationships with the players involved so that at the end of the day, it's not look at me, look at me, And now I'm going to move on to the next, like in many cases it is in the media. It's no, I'm going to forge some kind of advocacy here with the end game of changing legislation, standing up for a missing person case that has been forgotten and on and on and on in an ongoing engagement that's not fleeting like the rest of us who are scrolling through a Twitter post and then moving on with our lives. And that's the difference. I, I really should, pay, I, I swear I don't pay Tara to say all these nice things about me. That was really <laughs> nice. True. It's, it's true. I, the thing is, is I don't understand. Like, and I encourage all of the women, especially like, all of the women, if you're listening to this, live 100% authentically you, you know, the only people who are going to have a problem with it are the ones who aren't doing that for themselves. You know, like stop living, like, I think because Tara and I, we live this life and, you know, I always call it, it's like the porcelain doll and on the puppet string type of thing. We live this life where we had this image that we had to portray on um, television and we, we, we weren't allowed, we were so controlled right down to our hairstyle, the hair <laughs> color, the jacket, the jewelry, the way we sat, the way we talked, everything. So it was like, after all of this time, Find, like after all this time of being just held back, we were like, screw this. This is not who I am. Mm-hmm. This is not who I am. That's why you and I wrote blogs because we wanted to let people in. Like, look, no, look, we are just like you. We want to have our own voice. But then what happened? Then our blogs were, were sold. <laughs> we were told, you know, I was told, well, you can't write about this. You can only write about this topic. We can only write, you know, I remember, I want to share this with you. I remember I, I, I t- wrote this story in my blog. And it was a few years ago, and it was a story about uh, a, a, an ex-boyfriend I had in my early 20s who was a steroid-infested meathead, and he kicked the shit out of me one night, and there's no way to sugarcoat it. And I wrote about that, and they said, I remember them saying, no, 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 don't write about this. We don't want you to be the poster child for, like, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. I said, you understand, I'm trying to write it because I don't think people would ever think with my personality and my, like, take-no-shit attitude maybe people wouldn't think that this would happen to someone Mm -hmm. like me. I mean, I want to let people know this. And that's when I decided, I'm like, I'm done. You know, we joke around about it, but I literally was told that I should write a blog about how to like clip coupons. Like (laughs) what? (laughs) I don't, what? Like I go to the store hungry and I load up my cart with like, Tots. That's I'm not clipping cute. Like that's the box that I have. That's the box. Tots, both tots is in children and tots is in tater tots. Tater tots and kids. Like all of it. But that's what I love about the that's where the digital 
engagement that we can now foster really came in at the opportune time for both of us to exit a traditional boxed in medium. Because I'm telling you, without the social outlet or the social reach, we never really would have been able to share the real authentic side of ourselves or our voice with the audience. I mean, outside of, you know, speaking engagements at churches and Kiwanis, you would never get to put your words down to that wider audience because our words were written for us on a teleprompter. So I love, you know, that God put us in, in a time and place in our lives where we were able to take that kind of built in following and then move it and shift it to other outlets like social media, like a podcast. And, and, you know, the crazy thing that I have to say that we touched on in an earlier episode, when you talk about the control, I mean, people have no idea. Uh, I actually believe Amanda that over the past seven years exiting the business, I blocked out just how horribly controlling the horribly controlling nature of it. I, I do believe I blocked it out. And here's why when I went during my quarantine overhaul of let's sort through all these papers, like I'm, you know, doing a collection of papers for Abraham Lincoln or something. I mean, it's like, you know, when people say they have papers and I always think like, what do they mean? They're, there's a collection of their papers at a museum. And then I like pull out all these bins and I'm like, these are my papers. Are and my- I was going through these papers and it blew my mind. The number of emails that I had saved, printed and date stamped, time stamped where it was going please, please don't make me flat iron my hair. Please let me wear my hair wavy. Please, please. My hair is naturally curly. I mean, and they were making me by way of some paid consultant flat iron it to the point of straw. It was like I was going to be at the Cedar Valley Arboretum's Harvest Festival (laughs) dressed as a scarecrow. That's how I like my hair was. (laughs) How how does that look good? Because then you can't make. First of all, you can't make me laugh like that. I've had four children. (laughs) One almost weighed eleven pounds. We all know. Like I can't laugh like I used to anymore. I seriously like they just made it look horrible. And people would always email and say, like, if I ever, if one time ever happened where you know I was able to sneak through a not a non flat iron day. Then people would flood the station with emails about, you look so much better. You look so much more natural. Your hair looks so much better. And yet they Uh. still felt that they like knew better. And it's so weird because what people probably don't realize, but we'll be happy to to tell them, so (laughs) much of the news managers, it's not because we, you know, think we're great. I think we're special. These were not people that ever had like a history of, you know, talent shows and uh, (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to go that cutting, but you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have this showbiz history. So these were not performance oriented people who were good at hair and makeup and, you know, fitted suits. I mean, these were like sometimes frumpy, you know, individuals that unfortunately were not the go-to people for hair and makeup and clothes tips. And yet they were telling you, you know, what colors looked good on you or why you looked fat in this cinched dress. And then me, I mean, I, it got so bad with me that one time this manager who was not a consultant, he was a high paid executive was lying down at my feet under the desk so that he could hide himself watching Uh. 
how my hair was rendering and then get up during the commercial and sprint over to the GM's office so they could see how it looked on the monitor. I mean, you talk about. Uh, you should have like horse yourself. kicked him. Yeah. Right. You know what talk I mean? Like ran to the emotionally desk. putting you on edge. All right. this is going on. Why, while I'm trying to cleanly read, we call it, you know, clean reading where you have no errors, where I am broadcasting horrific news stories about, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps someone dying in a car crash. And this man is literally down at my feet, worried that I might have a flyaway because I didn't flat iron my hair enough. I mean, sick. It's sick. Right. It's, you know, this is the, the, what people also need to understand. And it's, you can either be the pretty puppet or you can be a journalist as a woman. You can't be both. It's true. And when the, the moment that, that, that switch happens that you're like, I want to be a journalist, like screw you. I've had enough. Get ready. Cause they're going to get rid of you. There's plans. There are people are waiting in the wings to come take your place because they want, in my experience, they need that female to be controlled. So you and I, I mean, just the way you describe things, I, this is why I always admire you, Tara, because you have a way with words and you can describe things as I, <laughs> don't take offense. Like with me, I will punch somebody <laughs> directly in the throat, like directly in the throat. You're like, the way you do it, you're like, you can cut somebody and they won't even know they're bleeding until they stand up. <laughs> you do it so well. I need to learn like some some of your finesse because I have zero finesse. But that's that's the issue. And I think it's, um, make no mistake, when you see people on television, they are there and you. it's very rare to get their authentic self because it is. they want to be liked. We all want it to be liked because if we're liked, that means maybe our managers are watching. See, the community loves me. Now I can have a longer contract. So you're not going to get, it's, it's, you're on all the time. You're on. And you're only as good as your next newscast. That was always my line. And you know, the other day I had to laugh. I almost called you and then we both are, have a thousand things going on, but there was a Twitter a tweet that picked up a lot of traction and it was one of those, you know, attempts that everyone tries to do in 280 characters at pseudo intellectualism. And so it was somebody saying, I would love for people to impart their best advice for young journalists, only serious inquiries or yeah, exactly. Hey, I only need, you know, three words to share. Don't do it. But no, this is what cracked me up about it. So I started reading maybe one or two and then I just bowed out because I realized people aren't being honest they're going to be fake and flowery and make it sound like you're really pursuing such an impactful, powerful profession that has an so admirable much profession. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the fact is like, you're no better than a used car salesman. Okay. That's exactly and, right. And here's what I'll tell you about that. That cracked me up as I was reading it. No one in the first you know, few tweets, nor probably in the entire thread, no one stated the obvious, which is number one, Think about your second career because this ain't going to last. And then number two, what is it about the world that we live in today would make you think that somehow you're more special than any other, you know, young kid coming out of college, like one misstep, one stupid post on your, you know, Snapchat or Facebook feed, one, one, uh, mispronunciation of a word, for example, like during a newscast, any and all of those things can culminate with you being told to clean out your desk and hit the streets in a snap. 
I mean, that is how quickly you can be canceled. And I just don't think that these young people realize it. And I told you this in another podcast, and I'll say it again to anybody who might share this with somebody who's young and in the business. Don't be a fool and think that just because someone in a paid position, like a journalism professor told you that you were really smart and you were really special. Don't mistake that then for thinking that you being hired by somebody, as Amanda has put it, who's really going to pull your strings because you're just a puppet. Don't think that you're like above reproach and can now, you know, be out going to campaign rallies on your personal time and posting your political (laughs) opinions and not face a, a credibility check with your audience. And then number two, the potential for immediately being fired, no questions asked. And I just this week saw a local print journalist tweet his opinion, which I did mm. screenshot to you, tweet his opinion about how national leaders and elected officials are handling the coronavirus. And this dude is a sports reporter. Right. That dude, no mind. one cares. No one cares about your opinion. He should not have a job, period. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you and I would have been pulled off the set with one of those uh. hooks from the gong show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't even have come out of Seriously. our, you know. Clearly, I, I, you and I have always had a lot of opinions. We were never allowed. No, no, Ever. nor should you. You're a journalist. No. That's, that's the better, problem with journalism you today. check yourself because you know what? Do I have feelings and emotions and is there bias in my existence? Absolutely. But you better do everything in your power to overcome that. When you walk through that newsroom door, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself to, to <laughs> quote wrecks and effects. <laughs> Always a good group to quote anytime, you know, and, and, uh, rump shaker as well. But it's but <laughs> that's the problem though, because if you get into television news, first of all, like, come on, we'll be honest, you have an ego. You have an ego. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have an ego, then you would be a print journalist. You clearly want to be seen. So that is an ego thing. You want to be like, so it is this, you are willing to fill, put this role. Like you are willing to fit in this, like, you know, and my thing is I don't play the game. I was never going to be that one who was going to play the game. I'm not going to like, if I disagree with my immediate supervisor over a story idea or over something that was said in the newsroom, I'm going to voice my opinion. I will do it respectfully. I mean, I went to Catholic school my whole life. You know, you didn't argue with the nuns. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I, I never was disrespectful to an immediate supervisor until I was called a hippo. And yeah, he's the one I told, you know, to eat a D and I'll say it exactly. over and over again. But I never played the game. Like I wasn't that person, but I was, I was, you know, doing my job and I was busting my butt to do my job and build social media and try to be relatable. And I was doing stories. I wanted, even when I was an anchor, I wanted to do stories because if you're not careful, and this is pretty much all you see with a lot of female anchors, they go out, they read the prompter, they go home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's honestly, I, there's, I mean, there's, rarely, rarely anybody who does a story anymore, but it's funny. I was always required to do one always like when it was like sweeps time. And that's like four times a year, you know, I had to do it, but I loved it. But now it's about people want to be celebrities. And honestly, if your biggest achievement is being, you know, the hometown here, okay, good for you, but you're not better than anybody. No, you know what I mean? Like, 
it's because you get recognized at the local grocery store. Whoop. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, or, or, down. or um, you know, recognized in a shocking manner. I had no idea you looked this bad in person. I, I have to say that what you just described is part of the reason that I exited the business. And that was complacency. I was at times phoning it in. I just didn't have the passion and drive anymore for an industry that had in many ways let me down. So, so it was very much easier for me to walk away in my, you know, late thirties when I finally did it 40 than to say as young as high school, when I wanted to pursue broadcast journalism, oh, you're going to lose your fire. You're going to lose your passion. I mean, you just don't realize how over time it's going to beat you down, the restrictions and the realities of it. And then at the end of the day, were you able to still do the hard hitting story and share, you know, be the voice for somebody. And those moments for me became so fleeting that right. I oftentimes just felt like I was riding a bike. I mean, and, and I laugh about this, but this is something that you will relate to. It got to the point where I could anchor the news if I wanted to in my sleep. I mean, you're that adept at the skill. And when you are so chained to a script and a prompter, I'm not talking about, you know, live or breaking news situations, which were at times my, my forte, but when it came to just phoning in the newscast, mm-hmm. I would many times not read a single script prior to the newscast just for the excitement. <laughs> of, Can I get through this cleanly without a mistake? But I mean, that's how, and you know, to brag about us, when you do something day in, day out for all those years, that's how skilled at the craft you become. Well, I remember when I got out of the business and I started in my new role and I remember when you said to me, you're like, don't you ever wish we can just go back and have that job where we didn't have to think and all we had to do was read the prompter? Yeah. That's really what it turned into. I would be so, I got so, I was so over it. It would be 9.50, you know, at night. And my producer's like, are you going to like do your makeup again? Like, are you going to get ready? And I would just sit there. I'm like, ugh. And so, I mean, I thought I was being, you know, a rebel. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to redo my makeup. I'm going to go out there with the same makeup. I wore it six and I thought I was like Billy Badass. I'm like, look at me here. How about it? How do you like it, people? Like someone say something. I've got the same lipstick I had and I ate a burrito in between shows. <laughs> I mean, that's what, but that's what I, that's what we turned into. We were no longer journalists. We were just these puppets. Talking like, heads. And we were, yeah, we were so talking true. heads. Like, on this so assembly line. Like, you did that. Cause I know, isn't that funny that that was our, way to shake our fist at the man. We're not going to put a, I'm not going to flat re flat iron my hair or put on another coat of lipstick. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, oh my gosh. So there were times I, w- I could rarely go home in between the, the six and the 10 because there wasn't enough time. I'd get home, say, hi, Hey, how you doing? Okay. Let me, I got to leave again. But I would go home and I would take off like, you know, the dress or take off the spanks that like I couldn't even breathe. And then I'd put like sweatpants on underneath the dress and I'd go back with like my UGG boots. And then like I would sit and I took a picture of me on the desk wearing sweatpants and UGG boots and put it on social media because oh, I wanted no. people to I wanted people to relate, like, oh, okay, she is just like me at home. You know what I mean? Oh, I got in so much trouble for that. You were supposed of to be course, in the 80s. You were, you were showing that you were you were real. You're not you a mannequin. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to do that. Like, there's supposed to be an element of surprise. I'm like, 
I would have been a surprise that I'm I can't breathe because my spanks are too tight. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> It's 10 o'clock at night. If I was at home, I'd be wearing my sweatpants. The only thing different is I would not have my Uggs on and I would not have this dress on that I wouldn't be caught dead exactly. in public in. It's just oh, funny to it. me. It's just yeah, funny we, to me. We definitely collectively have many stories like this and we appreciate the chance to vent about them and hopefully for the enjoyment of listeners that will be in many ways surprised at the reality of that industry and many others, but it is unique because it is, it's the visual medium of television. Oh, it is. It's, and so I, it's spot on. And I want to, I want to end with this because we, I mean, we, we could go on and on, but I want to end with this. There was a, a thing, a couple, I think it was, it was, it was several months ago last year. I remember there was a former reporter, Tara, who left the television station under some tense times of some things that she did. So I was defending my former employer because it was wrong that they were being thrown under the bus for this individual's decisions and her choices. And I'm like, that's not what happened. She sent me an, a message. And the reason I'm sharing this story with the women out there is because this is why you have to live 100% authentically yourself. And so this is why. So she sends me this, this message. and How can you live with yourself? You're such a, I mean... Words that I don't even use in my vocabulary, and I talk like a sailor. We've established that. And so she ends it with, she's like, bitch, how do you sleep at night? And I responded, because some things deserve a response and other things do not. And I responded with, honey, with the fan on. That's how I (laughs) sleep at night. So anytime anybody comes at you for being your 100% self, like authentically who you were put on this earth to be, just be like, I sleep fine. As a matter of fact, as long as I turn the fan on, that's how I sleep at night. That's it. You live Absolutely. by that, it will be liberating. Liberating. Like we and, said and earlier. Who knew that we would someday, you know, draw wisdom from the likes of Jessica Simpson. So sometimes the the <laughs> least likely truth sayers can become inspirational. But it's so true. It's like you cannot let others' judgment snuff out your purpose, especially in our case where we believe that it is God-led. It's it's Absolutely. a passion it that we will not let go of. We're going to hang and on Jessica, to it and write it. Uh, yes, we are. And Jessica, that that is a perfect example because this image that she put out, it's like, oh, another girl who got famous and she's beautiful and she's a great singer. And da, da. She is a prime example of it is, it is not what you think it is when you're looking mm-hmm. And she started living 100% authentically herself. And it is, it's just life-changing. I encourage people to go listen to that. I encourage people to write down, you know, I, I'm big on journaling and, you know, you write down um, what you love about this person, what you don't like, you know what I mean? And if the good, if the bad outweighs the good, you need to flush these people out because they are draining your soul. They are draining you. Don't be, you know, if you don't want to hang out, if you want to, you know, hang out on Friday by yourself in the comfort of your home, stop apologizing for it. Absolutely. Don't feel guilty with not hanging out with, you know, ABC. But thanks for hanging out with us. We like hanging out with you every Monday. Yes. Through the protection of a podcast where you don't, we don't have to see you and you can listen at your convenience doing whatever you're doing in your sweats with your Spanx and bra tossed aside. (laughs) the best thing ever. You guys make it a great week. We'll see you next Monday.